Hey friends, today I want to talk about the countdown to Christmas. And I was just thinking about some memories of Christmas past uh, growing up. Um, I, I grew up with two sisters and a brother and whenever Christmas uh, was close, usually about two weeks, we began to count down the days till Christmas. And we start in by um, hounding our dad asking him, please, would you let us open our Christmas presents early this year? <laughs> and sometimes it would work, sometimes it would not. And I was thinking also, a mom, at one point, she started a new tradition for Christmas in our family. She allowed us to touch one present under the Christmas tree and pick that present up and shake it and try to guess what the present was. We were even allowed to ask her, I think it was maybe three questions that she would give a yes or no response to in hopes that we might guess the presents. But I don't think that was really efficient for us because she had instigated a rule that applied to Christmas and that was you were allowed to lie in things regarding to Christmas presents. <laughs> so if she said yes or no, you're getting warm or cold, I mean, about our guests, you know, how were we to know if she was lying or not? But we got pretty good at, at reading her body language and um, we guessed a lot of the right answers to the Christmas presents. And so after a few years, she abandoned that tradition but it was fun while it lasted we had a good christmases growing up now today i want to talk about actually the countdown to the first christmas the real christmas and i was thinking um when did the countdown to christmas actually begin was it two weeks before jesus was born or was it nine months before jesus was born or was it another time? Well, Ephesians chapter 1 says that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And that at least implies that, that God had already planned that Jesus would come as a baby and live a, a perfect life here on earth and then die a wicked sinner's death and be raised from the grave so that we might be in him he chose us in him before the foundation of the world and then second timothy chapter one talks about uh, what god gave us in christ before the ages began right and then there's matthew 25 and hebrews chapter 4 and so many more and then after god created the earth there are hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament that tell about the coming of Jesus Christ. Like um, whose lineage he would be in, what tribe he would be in, um, how he would cure the sick and, and heal the lame, where he would be born, how he would live a perfect life, and then die a wicked sinner's death and raise from the grave. All these things and more were prophesied about Jesus before he actually came. So the countdown to Jesus' birth, it began long, long ago. 
likely eternity past, but before the foundation of the world. And, and then even throughout history, it was going on until one day when it seemed like much of the world had uh, forgotten about the Messiah's uh, coming, Christmas arrived. And today I want us to just briefly look at Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. And uh, it's actually a curious verse. Let me read it. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. So it starts off first by saying, but when the fullness of time had come. So what does that make you think of, right? That's a pregnancy phrase. That's what happens when the fullness of time comes to a woman who is pregnant. She gives birth. The water breaks and a child is born. Then the next part of the verse says, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Now, what does that make you think of? Born of a woman. That points us back to Genesis chapter 3, where God said that one would come, one who would be the offspring of the woman, and this one would bruise the head of the serpent, and the serpent would bruise his heel. So, though this is veiled, it is a reference to hope in Jesus Christ the Messiah. He is the one who would defeat Satan. He is the one who would do what Adam and Eve and you and I would never do, and that is live a perfect life. And so, throughout the Old Testament, we see this, this promise given, and actually the veil seems not to be quite so heavy. The more prophecies that are given about Jesus regarding the offspring of the woman and all the, the things that Jesus would do and how he was the hope for mankind, that we should believe in him and hope in him and delight in him. Um, so the promise was made to, of course, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, David, um, Solomon, Hezekiah, even wicked King Ahaz. Remember, uh, God said to him how a virgin would give birth. And this is all talking about Jesus Christ. So, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. The next phrase says, Jesus was born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. So, what does being born under the law mean? Well, he, like us, was responsible to God's law. What's God's law? I mean, it's more than the Ten Commandments. It's, it's all the words of God. All of his will, all his commands, all his promises, his wonderful promises, which are even contained in, in his commands for our good and his glory. That's what God's law is. But just as Jesus was under the law and responsible to God's law, he was also subject to the consequences of not keeping God's law. For example, God told Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So, of course, in that very day that they ate of it, they did die. They died spiritually. The Spirit of God 
left their fellowship. And then later they died physically and their own spirits left their bodies, right? That's what death is. Paul gives us more insight into this in Romans 5.12. He says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. So that, that's the penalty of uh, not keeping God's law. Jesus was under the law of God. So Romans uh, 6.23, of course, says, For the wages of sin is death. That's the penalty of breaking God's law. But then it says, But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So <laughs> you see, Jesus was born under the law, and he kept the law perfectly. So actually, God's law says that he did not have to die. Still, even as Jesus was living this perfect life here on earth, there was another countdown in progress. The countdown to the cross. The countdown to his death. So just as there was a fullness of time for Jesus' birth, there was also a right time for Jesus' death. Romans 5, 6 says, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, and that's you and I. So even, even so, as he died, there was another countdown in progress. Of course, that was his resurrection. Um, Luke 24, uh, the men at the tomb, or the angels at the empty tomb, said this, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Of course, there's another countdown for Jesus to return, right? And as with the others, I'm sure it will come at the right time. But as I close today, um, there is another countdown I want to mention. And it's the shortest countdown we've uh, looked at so far. It's a countdown, and it's called today, right? The countdown is called today, or more, more so it's called now. All right, here's the way Paul puts it, 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For he says, in a favorable time, I listen to you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is a favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So, so now is the time to turn away from doing what Adam and Eve did. Remember, they quit believing God and believed Satan and his promise for satisfaction. Today, God is saying to us, quit believing Satan, quit believing the world's promises, and believe God again, the way Adam and Eve first did in the garden. They believed God. They walked in his fellowship. God wants us to be in his fellowship and to believe the promise of his son and how Jesus is the greatest treasure in the universe, how he came, lived a perfect life, and died a sinner's death, the death we deserve, how he rose from the grave and gives his righteousness to all 
who turn away from worshiping the treasures of the world and delight in Jesus, our righteousness, as the greatest treasure of all. Father God, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the promise of Jesus for, for us who are all sinful, Lord, and have no hope in ourselves, Lord. Thank you for opening our eyes to see him as beautiful and letting us delight in him, Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.